the last week of God's Top 10. It's been 10 weeks. Can you believe it? Man, it's, it's been a nice time with all these people doing great videos. Yeah, we, we've had a lot of fun. Um, and uh, I thought today's video could just be a recap of everything that we've done up to this point. And uh, I thought we could show the people. So check it out. Okay, learn English, learn English, learn English, learn better English. Hey, how's it going with your healthy eating? My, my top five things that you've actually stolen from me. What? Why do you have a tree? Because you said today we're going to be talking about adults and tree and no offense but your english is a little broken and my friend marco here speaks perfect english so marco why don't you go ahead and say something to him yeah man i saw you can speak in english i thought you you're gonna go in and play oh i was daddy but i wanted to finish my homework first look look what he said here the average Hispanic person, it's normally smarter than the white person. Don't use it. Uh, people used to make these big statues and, and uh, paint their bodies and scream and you, worship. You know, I know exactly what you're saying. It's just like football season, which is starting in just a couple weeks. And here's the thing, if, if you're a true Denver Broncos fan, we got to paint our bodies and we got to scream louder than anyone else. Because a lot of good memories. Yes, a lot of good things. But we need to focus on what is essential. What is the important thing about this whole commitment? Yeah, and we're down to number one, which is basically don't put any other gods before God the Father. Exactly. So to best give this example, Marco, I'm going to need you to hit that beat. This one? Yo, don't put any other gods before God Almighty, or else you're gonna get wrecked, yo. We've been looking at the Ten Commandments from Exodus chapter 20. But there is another location for the commandments found in Deuteronomy chapter 5. It adds more of a setup for the first commandment, so let me read those verses to you. Deuteronomy 5, 5 says, Moses summoned all Israel and said, Hear, Israel, the decrees and laws I declare in your hearing today. Learn them and be sure to follow them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Oreb. It was not with our ancestors that the Lord made this covenant, but with us, with all of us who are alive here today. The Lord spoke to you face to face out of the fire on the mountain. At that time, I stood between the Lord and you to declare to you the word of the Lord, because you were afraid of the fire and did not go up to the mountain. And he said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt out of the land of slavery, you will have no other gods before me. What an amazing scene depicted in these few verses. The one scenario that I can relate this to in my life, and I think every husband can relate to this, when we first saw our bride coming down the aisle. 
Tara and I got married in this auditorium 18 years ago, so I was standing right here on August 2nd, 1997 at 2 p.m. when those doors opened and I saw my bride for the first time. She had all my attention. Nothing else mattered in that moment. I was in the zone and I was locked into her beauty. Michael Jordan could have walked in here and said, hey, Sid, you want to go play basketball? No, would have quickly came out of my mouth because I was not going to lose focus of my bride. And we walked up these very stairs together and we stood next to each other and we looked at each other and Tara said in so many words, you are mine and ain't no other woman going to have you. And I said, yes, 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 I'm yours and ain't no other woman going to have me. No way, lady, you are all that I need. I'm thinking that the Israelites had the same feeling with God that day. They were standing by the mountain. The mountain is on fire, and the voice of God could be heard for the first time. And the first commandment he gives, you are mine, and you will have no other gods before me. And they must have said to themselves, yes, God, we are yours, and we will have no other gods before you. God's commandment that you will have no other gods before me was a recognition that Jehovah God is ultimate reality. The Israelites were very familiar with mountains and fire and even thunder, but they had never experienced those elements in a supernatural manner. It was never done before as the voice of God was being heard. Their brains were being pushed to, to their limits, but their spirit was awakened by the presence of Almighty God. And God's presence could not be ignored as a whole mountain trembled like an earthquake. But it was only the mountain that was moving. And a noise described in Exodus 19.19 as a trumpet became louder and louder. If only sound systems were invented in that day, then it could be easily explained as human activity. But no such thing existed. This was the creator of heaven and earth, establishing his truth and his commandments in the lives of people. God was pulling back the curtains of time and earth, and he was revealing his glory and power. The psalmist wrote, let the name of the Lord be praised both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is exalted over all the nations. His glory is above the heavens. Who is like our God, the one who sits enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth? The Israelites learned that day that they could have no other gods before him because Jehovah, there was no one greater or even compared to him. They encountered ultimate reality, and there was no more satisfying experience in this life. Every question or doubt was answered in that moment. Every desire and need was met in the presence of God. The ultimate feeling and ultimate power filled their soul, and every thought they had became centered on Him. But they were human, and they had choices to make. Temptation would not leave them alone for long. Fear was not going to leave them alone forever. And the trials of life waited for the voice of God to fade into the heavens. 
Even though God stood alone as King of kings and Lord of lords, there were still going to be moments when there would be these little gods that would beg for their attention. What would they do? But more importantly, what will we do with this first commandment to have no other gods before us? First, I want to challenge you this morning to never give in to the God of this world. The God, lowercase g, of this world is Satan. And John 10.10 says that the thief, that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he is known as a deceiver, so sometimes he will present truth. And it's not, his methods are not always obvious. So in order to overcome his tactics, you're going to need to live by 2 Corinthians 5.7 that says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. When I'm counseling people, I include our five senses in that in this verse, and I tell them that we walk by faith, not by our five senses. The God of this world wants us to bow down to the temptations that he presents to you. He wants you to put these temptations before God and his truth that commands us to avoid them. He will put before our eyes sexual temptation. But we know that sin has, has a moment of pleasure, but we also know that it has a, comes with a life of regret. And our faith causes us to see that pain and that suffering with that temptation. So we never give in to the, the, that trap the enemy presents to us. He will put fear into our ears when we listen to the news. Or maybe it's a, a negative doctor's report that you receive. But our faith draws us to God's truth that says no weapon formed against me will prosper and by his stripes we are healed. Both those scriptures assume that bad things can happen to believers, but those issues will never cause us to forsake our God or they will never control us. Sickness and trials are only opportunities to praise and glorify God Almighty because he is good. And he is good all the time. Life will allow us to touch the riches of this world, which become the opportunity for the devil to present greed and envy to us. And when that moment arises, our faith helps us to have a light hold on our material possessions, but a stronghold to the hand of Almighty God, because we will not give in to the idea that material possessions and wealth, that we need them at any cost. We do not store our treasures up on this earth, but we store our treasures in heaven. We don't store our treasures on this earth where decay and thieves can take them from us. No, we store them with God Almighty where they're safe and secure. We are able to say with our whole heart anytime a temptation comes our way that, Lord, uh, in all things, I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And that we are convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, neither anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The God of this world will, will throw anything and everything our way in order for us to break that first commandment. He doesn't care if we believe in God or even sing his praises with our lips. 
You can come to church and never cause the powers of darkness to tremble. But when you put God Almighty above everything, when you put him above what you can see and hear and touch and taste and smell, then you will cause the powers of darkness to be broken. There will be no temptation or trial or emotion able to hold you back from receiving the blessings of God. The resources of heaven will be at your disposal and God's truth and love will be revealed in you. So don't ever give in to the God of this world. My second challenge is do not serve the me God. Sometimes the God of this world takes a break. Because he knows that there's a power inside of us that can bring chaos to our own life. We have a sinful nature that will always find the most destructive path to take. Just like Satan, we have a desire to be our own God. We want to live life on our own terms with our own instruction manual. You and I can try to take God's place and lead our own life, but it will never work. I learned this lesson in 1999 when I became the full-time youth pastor here for the first time. And I remember that day, to this day, seems like yesterday. And Tara and I, we were going home from this building. We were headed to our apartment. And we, before we got into the door, we stopped at our mailbox, pulled out our mail. In there was a mailer from a, home, a townhome builder that said, your window of opportunity. And I looked at Tara, and I winked at her, and I said, Tara, can you believe this? This flyer was made just for us. This has to be for us. We are going to go tonight, and we are going to put, uh, we're going to just begin the process of buying one of these townhomes. She didn't stop me. We got all excited. We got in the car. We went over there, and we got busy on the process of buying one of these townhomes. People, I put myself in God's place. How many times have we done this where we became impatient? We knew exactly what we needed. We knew exactly what we wanted. There was something that our eyes, our eyes uh, caught, something that caught our attention, and we needed to have it, and we didn't even bother asking God for his permission or for his blessing. We didn't seek wisdom. We didn't seek understanding. We just went on our own to make something happen. And I did that that day, but thankfully, after a few days, I realized that God was not in this. So God had to teach me a lesson, and so I had to hurt a little bit. We did learn, uh, we did lose the earnest money for that, but thankfully for his mercy, God was placed in his rightful position, and we found God's blessing of a home that he wanted us to have in that season. So jump eight years ahead in 2007, when Tara and I were sensing that we would be moving out of that home, I made sure that Tara and I prayed for a whole year and submitted that desire to God before ever even looking at a home. We were presented with homes, but none of that mattered. I was committed to, to sub and submitted to God. And I remember it to this day, it was a church work day, it was a Saturday, and we had prayed for a whole year. And I woke up that day and I felt a release from God and, and to begin the process of selling that home. And so that day I started that process. Two weeks from that, that day, our home was sold, and a month after that, the home that we live in now was being built. All of this happened right before the housing market crashed. You are only asking for more work when you put yourself in God's place, and many times you can end up in a disaster. 
I may not be the sharpest tack in the box, but I know this, that God's ways are better than my ways. His ways are perfect even when it seems like there's no way out. I can trust him. I can trust God's plan and follow it no matter what happens, no matter where he leads me. One of my favorite verses in the Bible comes from Galatians 2.20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. It's a verse of freedom. It sets you free. You no longer have to figure out life because the creator of life lives inside of you. I no longer have to find my way out of my own problems because the solution is already with me. This also means that I don't, not, I don't need to be angry or unforgiving towards anyone. If I no longer live, then no one can hurt me. Your anger or frustrations or bitterness are there because you are putting the me God before God Almighty. God has already offered forgiveness to everyone. So if he lives in you, then you must put the me God away. You must allow the love of God to be at work in your heart and you better forgive anyone who has ever wronged you. And you no longer have permission to be upset with your company who hasn't given you a raise lately. And you, have, you, have not, you don't have the audacity anymore to talk negative about your boss because he seems to be insensitive to your needs. Our life is not our own. You no longer live. It is the God of heaven that de decides what blessings you receive or what, what blessings are withheld from you. We no longer have the final say in any matter. God retains our right and our privileges. And as Job said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So quit worrying about what gifts you need or deserve. Just let God worry about it. Quit losing sleep over, over these issues. You just submit it to God and say, God, when you're ready, I'm ready. And when he's ready, he will bless you far greater than you can ever imagine. How, how, beyond what you could ever ask for God is going to bless you and you're going to bless his name through the entire process and this leads me to my final challenge worship God alone I must ask you today what are you living for what motivates you to wake up and live life what is your ultimate goal in life why are you here today my prayer of course for you is that you will answer I realize that this life is only a dressing room for eternity because I recognize eternity is in my heart. I see a design in this world and there is nothing accidental about my planet. And most of all, I know that history proves that Jesus Christ walked this planet and he confirmed God's word, promises that were spoken thousands of years before him coming to this earth, he fulfilled in his life. Therefore, I can trust God with my life. I know why I am here. I know what my ultimate goal in life entails, and it has nothing to do with money, fame, or material possessions. When God allows me to have those things, I rejoice in them, but I don't live for them. I rejoice that God allows me to have them. My goal is not to retire rich or to, or to have a timeshare in Aruba. No, my sights are higher and my aspirations are eternal. I am not influenced by this society. I'm not swayed by this stock market. 
news reports don't worry me and people's status updates don't keep me up late at night. I've had thieves literally come into my home, but that only drew me closer to God because I knew that only God could hold my hand and, and give me salvation and no one or nothing could take it from me. I exist to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. My life belongs to the creator of heaven and earth. My heart that was stained by sin belongs to Jesus, whose blood has washed away all the pain and guilt of my sins. I have placed my hand in the hand of Almighty God, who has healed my body, who provides for my every need, and who fills my soul with complete joy and satisfaction. Psalm 95, 6 says, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. I love my wife more than anyone, but I do not worship her. My baby girl, Alexandra, fills my life with so much joy, but I do not kneel before her as my supreme ruler. God created me, and he clearly gave me the breath of life, so I will use every breath that I have to praise his name, and he alone will receive the praises that come out of this mouth of mine. Because he has delivered me from the God of this world, he has set me free from my sinful nature. And I know that every good, and every perfect gift comes from him. And he has given me eternal life. He has given me a life without pain, worry, or concern. And I'm going to worship him with all of my life. I'm going to invite the worship team to come out at this time. They're going to lead us in a song. It's a powerful song. It's a new song. So I want to read the chorus to you. It's a powerful chorus, but listen to these words. It says, and Lord, we stand amazed in your presence, astounded by your mercy and love. Our hands are lifted high and surrender. Your grace for me is always enough. And there is no one higher than our God. There is no one greater than you. Let my life forever praise the glory of your name there is no one higher than you. You can have no other gods before Jesus because there are no other gods. There are only imitations that will leave you empty, that will leave you hopeless, that will leave you without a plan, without a purpose in this life. But Jesus Christ is the way, he's the truth, and he is the life. And he wants to give you abundant life this morning. He wants to forgive you of your sins. He wants to cleanse your heart and have you to live a life without guilt, without worry, without concern. Bow your heads with me this morning. Here at Life Church, we pray that you have a blessed week. Please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or you can always go to lifechurchutah.com.